1: Welcome back, second hour of the Friday show, the same if not better than the first, glad to be with you on this Friday, it might be a little gloomy out the window, but it's Friday, it's beautiful here in the WBEN studios, here with you, talking schools, should they reopen, should they remain closed, you know, my opinion they should remain closed. I just don't think safely, with all the pros and cons of both, and there are, like I said, I don't think there's a right or wrong opinion right now. But with all the negatives that could happen, having students in schools, students who can carry this virus without showing symptoms, and then carry that to an at-risk adult, that's what this pause was all about. I'm all for slowly reopening the state. I'm all for getting to phase one. Schools are not part of phase one in the federal plan for a reason. But then from there, what should the next move be? End the school year now. Continue through June with the way things are going. And for students, teachers, and parents, how is... The Zoom Classroom, Google Classroom, and the packets of learning—how's that going? How has that been for uh, for our teachers, our students, and our parents out there? Also, taking callers from seniors—either a shout out to a senior who is graduating this year but might not get that ceremony, or a senior themselves telling us how their senior year is different and how they are making up for those events that they are missing this year. Hey, let's go out to East Amherst right down the street and talk to Rich. Rich, good morning.
2: Good morning, Joe. Um, I'm I'm sort of mixed on um, which way to go. Um, honestly, I believe both ways. Um, but what I've got to bring up is there's just certain physical things that are hard to teach. My wife's a special ed teacher. And her students are ADD, they're auditory perception, uh, autism, and she she can't do Zoom with them. They have to be hands-on. And the problem when you deal with teachers like that is it takes years for, like, an autistic child to trust a teacher. Um, They don't have the ability to sit and focus or be able to do um, special ed, which is, you know, so her teaching from there is next to nothing. she said maybe one or two students she can do Zoom with, but the parents have to be right there with them. Um, that's one thing. Um, the other thing I want to add in is that uh, scholarships. I would have never got um, my wrestling scholarship if it wasn't for the end of the school year. My son would have never gotten his basketball scho- or excuse me baseball scholarship if he didn't go get to go on. And a number of these sports progress. You know, it's not just the end of the season. It's going to states, to finals, um, going to uh, national competitions. How are they going to judge students on that, and how are they going to judge to get them into schools?
1: Rich, great point. I mean, a lot of scouts are at those playoff games, the state finals, uh, nationals. You're right. They're missing out on an entire postseason of being scouted.
2: Yeah, well, God, my son graduated um a year ago, he's in the Marines now, but he had a number of people. He, um, doubt, We were down in Georgia at that time. But uh, he had players like Chipper Jones and John Smoltz. They, it was close, so they would come out to the games and, look, he wouldn't have got his scholarship, which he turned down. He's always wanted to be a Marine. But it's still hanging out there. But that wouldn't have happened. There's so many things in the physical sides. Um, what about Boseys and the people who do – I don't know if they have BOCES out here anymore. I've been gone. But those actually physical hands-on type of learning, that shot. I mean, what would you do with that? Um, drama. I have friends who got drama scholarships, and they have, you know, the plays towards the end of the school. They wouldn't have got their scholarships. Um, it just I'm, – I'm more for bringing it back. I really am. Um I know there's chances. I don't know. Maybe we could test the students before they go in, and and if they got it, then they can't go to school. I mean, that's maybe um, an option. Uh, I'm not too – I've been actually working with them trying to figure this out. Now, on a funny side, I want to throw something out there. Um, relationships. Boys and girlfriends have just started. Are they able to have a relationship anymore? Do they just start one? Um You know, with that relation, I have friends who got married together from high school. Would those happen? Um, I don't know how that would affect. Well, I'll tell you the funniest thing is I was a wimp growing up. Didn't have much weight on me. Between my junior and my senior year, I put on 45 pounds, was captain of the wrestling team.
1: Well, I'm glad you got that uh, wrestling scholarship. Thank you for the call, and make sure you thank your son for his service to our country. You know, he, he brought up our special ed teachers, and let me tell you, they are some of the most patient people and some of the hardest working. All teachers are hardworking, hard-working teachers, but special ed teachers takes a takes another level of patience and understanding, and we are so, so lucky to have such special people working in our school districts. 803-0930, star 930. He brought up scholarships. And you look at the schools now, colleges missing out on spring sports, potentially missing out on fall sports. So not only do you have these students that aren't going to get their senior year, aren't going to get that postseason scouting that they might have been counting on. You're going to have colleges that might be cutting down their number of scholarships. They might have to limit either the sports they offer or the scholarships they are going to be offering once college sports uh, kicks back up. That's an entire another angle of this, of schools being closed. You look at the athletes. And not just on a high school level, but on a college level. The University of Cincinnati has already gotten rid of men's soccer because of what was lost in winter sports, the postseason. All of spring season lost, except for the first few weeks of baseball. Cincinnati said, hey, we don't have the money to fund every program. We lost out on an entire season and potentially... An entire football season. And when you look at the economics of college football, you realize how much that funds other sports. You're talking about packed stadiums. And if you're not going to be able to depend on that, here's another thing we have to look at. Scholarships are going to be down. And certain schools will be offering less sports. We saw at UB when they decided to put more money into their football program. They cut baseball. And now with the University of Cincinnati, unfortunately, that's the first of, I think, many schools to cut certain sports. And that's got to be weighing on a lot of, uh, on the minds of not only our seniors, but our juniors that are looking at schools and looking like they will be going on a full scholarship. I can't imagine committing to a school And then your senior year or the summer before you go, they decide they're going to pull that sport. 803-0930, star 930. It's Joe Beamer here on WBEN. 803-0930, star 930. Y'all know Terry in Texas as one of our favorite callers. Well, let me say he's also my favorite texter. I can't repeat most of what he texts on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, but it's always very entertaining stuff. And Terry, if you're still listening right now, I just want you to know we all appreciate it. As I said, the phone number, 803-0930. Let's go out to Orchard Park and talk to uh, Tony. Tony, good morning.
0: Hey, how you doing?
1: Tony, I'm doing well. What do you got for us this morning?
0: Well, um, my wife and I, we homeschooled our first five kids right into uh, the first three right into college. Last two a little different, and uh, you know, you started with one kid. Obviously, that's your first one, and it was uh, it was a learning progress. You have support groups, you start, you know, it, it, it's a lot of work. I'm going to just tell you that, and um, I'm, I'm feeling sorry for all these parents who some have to go to work, come home and do what we had to do as a committed, serious thing. We did. We didn't just haphazardly homeschool. It's uh, there's more more to it than just eh, a book. Um, I I think it's going to be hard on these parents. In fact, I I know it's going to be hard on these parents. And I think uh, as far as going back to school, I have another child and he is in public school and he's a sophomore. Um, I'm not quite sure what to do about sending him back if I think they should or shouldn't. Um, They're losing out one way or another.
1: Tony, let me ask you, since you um, did homeschool your first few children, have you found since your son now has been out of school, found it easier to help him with his schoolwork?
0: Yes, but he's uh, 15, you know, going to be 16. And by that time, you better be able to learn on your own. And that's you know what we do with homeschooling. Because once you turn 18, the magical wand doesn't hit. And you go to college and all of a sudden you know how to study. So I've been trying to teach him just to learn how to study, how to learn, how to read. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid-60s. I'm kind of past all that stuff now <laughs> yeah you know yeah i mean I, you know x squared i got it but not too well anymore um you know i'd have to you have to start over that's what i'm saying about all these parents um it's tough on them they need to just stop the schooling and somehow figure out what they're going to do to catch these uh, students up all across the country uh they're missing out on months of schoolwork, and for the later grades it's pretty critical stuff it can be critical let's put it that way you
1: know Exactly, Tony. Well, thank you for the call, man. You have a good weekend. All right. Thanks. You too. That is Tony in Orchard Park opening a line for you at 803-0930. Over on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 3930, talking about missing out on senior year in different aspects of that, right? You're missing out on prom. You're missing out on senior night. Even things that... Aren't sanctioned by the school like senior skip day, missing out on that as well. One uh, also say you know you kind of slow getting back into the groove of school this year, right? That first semester, not your best semester. The second could have been better. Third semester, you did great. So you were depending on that fourth and exam. Now, for all the students out there listening, you should never just depend on those last few semesters. You never know what could happen, right? So it's a good lesson in life. Don't expect it, don't count on it. Um, But say you did, okay? And you were ready for the fourth semester and your exam to boost your grade, boost your GPA so you had your regular GPA senior year when you graduated. Uh, That was the aspect I was looking at. But a texter points out there's another way to look at this. How about your first few semesters you did great and then you came down with senioritis? So maybe there are some students out there now who look at their first few semesters and are very thankful that the senioritis hit later in the year and it wasn't a kick off the school year with senioritis and then work your butt off to get a decent GPA at the end of the year. Another texter points out a great point. Students are learning something through all this. They are learning that you can't, life doesn't always go as planned. And that is an awesome, awesome point that during all this, I think most of us are learning that. Right? You know, we were depending on weddings this summer. We were depending on baby showers. And family events, maybe a big family vacation. Lots of those, if not all of those, canceled. You know, we're seeing families through a webcam. And if we hadn't learned it by this point in life, I think we're learning now, life doesn't always go as planned. And yeah, sometimes you have to improvise and make the best of the situation. And I think it's great to see that most people have made the best of this situation. You look at, as I said, the Zoom meetings, uh, meeting up on Easter with family virtually, on webcam chats, you know, uh, FaceTime, staying in touch with text and calls. That's great. I think it'll be even better to see how much more social people want to be. Once we get out of this coronavirus crisis, 803-0930, talking schools after Randy talks the news.
2: Luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady tonight. If you've ever been a lady to begin with, luck be a lady tonight.
1: By far, and I shouldn't say my favorite, my second favorite Bellagio Water Show song. Obviously the number one, Whitney Houston, Star Spangled Banner, nothing beats it. Nothing beats that performance, and nothing beats the goosebumps you get when you see the uh, water show going to her singing that song. It's great. Frank Sinatra, Luck Be A Lady, also up there in the top uh, top five, I would say. Uh, you know, before we get back to the topic, you know when uh, you're dieting and you just go back in your mind to all the great foods you've had, you know, and you just start thinking about that, like if I hit this certain weight loss, I'm going to have blank, right? Insert your favorite, your favorite food. There is this chicken hoagie at Lenovo that I have probably not had in three or four years. That is delicious. It is chopped grilled chicken, cheese. I always ask for onions to be put on it and hot banana peppers. It is delicious, and it's chicken, so you don't feel as bad about it as if you had something with steak, but it is delicious, by far one of my all-time favorite subs, and yes, as Sandy always says, I pay full price when I get the sub, so that is why this is just a honest, it's a delicious sub that now that I've limited what I can eat, I've been craving but if you like a good grilled chicken hoagie with hot banana peppers, cheese, and fried onions, ooh, I'm going to have to uh, make a trip down to Lenova on Main Street soon. You know, living in Orchard Park, I don't get to go as often as I did when I lived on Main Street in Williamsville. So I'm going to have to uh, hit that up. It is a really, really good sub. I have to say, my favorite sub here in Buffalo. And as you know, we have great food here in Western New York. So that is, uh, that is what I've been thinking about the last three hours. <laughs> it's, it's strange. I, I was telling Susan Rose earlier, you know, usually in the morning, I'll have, uh, you know, my Cliff Bar and a Monster Energy and be fine. But today, I have been hungry all day. Since I woke up right now, the hungriest I've been in a few weeks has been this morning. But I am proud to say it's working. It's working because the quarantine 20 has turned into the quarantine 12. So we're going in the right direction. Two and a half weeks in, going in the right direction. All right. 803-0930. We are talking about schools. We are hoping that in less than one hour, when Governor Andrew Cuomo gives his daily briefing, that we will have more information or be given information on what schools are going to do. Are they closing? Are they remaining in the state they are now? Are they going to end the school year early? Okay, so not go back to school, but end the learning at home early, not go into the end of June. And what will that look like grading? Will that change grades? We've seen, I believe it was the Buffalo Schools, if I'm wrong, please let me know, uh, that released a different grading system for this last semester. Uh, I'm interested to see if the state will give guidance on grades for the fourth semester, especially with no regents exam and no final exams. What will that new grade pattern look like if, if there'll be anything, if there'll be any kind of new grading system. And we're also asking you for teachers, students, and parents, and even grandparents, uh, what has this learning from home been like you know we heard we had uh tony on right before the break now he was used to homeschooling so when his son who is now in school came home it was easy for him to kind of get in that groove and and do the the whole uh teaching from home thing but how has that been on you i know it's been stressful i don't think anyone can text in and say it hasn't been stressful no matter which of those three you are but do you take that into account when you say that school should open or not obviously everyone wants less stress we would all like less stress in life except for me i think i maybe i maybe i need to mature a little bit but i i my regular days aren't that stressful i have to say i have to be honest i also work in one of the most fun professions um But I don't think we can be blinded by our stress when we look at the school situation. Yes, learning from home is stressful, obviously. You're missing that one-on-one interaction when it's needed most. But is it the smart decision to do? You know, the federal guidelines say that schools don't open until the second phase. But I think we are so removed. I mean, we haven't even started the 14-day countdown Well, I guess technically we could today if the state's going to start reopening on May 15th. But we haven't started that downward trajectory according to the federal guidelines. So is it crazy to think that if we're not in phase one till the earliest May 15th, that we're going to be in phase two in time to reopen schools, get everyone back in school? In time to have it be meaningful? Or do we, and this isn't the way I, may, I want it to sound, but do we get that out of the way, close schools in the school year, so we don't have to address that until September? And hopefully by September, we are back to a more normal state of living. Now, obviously, nothing's going to be like we were in February, but maybe we are in that phase three where, yes, okay, we still have the barriers when we go shopping between us and the, uh, the checkout line. And we wear masks to certain public events. And maybe we haven't gotten to large gatherings yet. But it'll be a little easier to assess the situation once the state goes through phase one and phase two. And we see what that looks like. Instead of throwing the students back in school as part of the reopening. Maybe we should see what reopening the mall first, reopening bars and restaurants first, see what that's like and see what happens there. Do we see this spike out of nowhere, then address, okay, we'll address September. But I don't think, personally, that the students should be part of that reopening. I think the governor should come out today. Again, I'm not in school. I don't teach. So I don't want to say if he should end the school year early or do this at-home learning into June. But I do think for the purposes of reopening the state, maybe the schools shouldn't be part of it. Because you are talking about kids who can carry this virus. Obviously, it won't have the effect on most of them that it could have on their grandparent or their parent, an older at-risk adult. And then we could see that spread obviously happen to the point where we're at a spike again, and now we're back to phase zero. Just like I mentioned last week, what I think would be worse for the economy than keeping it closed right now is if we reopen the economy... And two or three weeks into it, we have to close everything down again. And, you know, I look at what phase one from the CDC says. I look at that plan. That seems like a smart plan. And by all indications, might be something we can start phasing ourselves into shortly thereafter, May 15th. But do you want to throw too many things in at once? Do you want to open everything and have too many variables out there? to cause another spike. Personally, I wanna reopen the economy in the smartest, safest way possible, and I think doing that is doing it slowly, and yet maybe leaving the schools out until the very end of the phase process, which would be September. 803-0930, star 930. It's Friday, it's Joe Beamer. Hope you're all having a great morning here on W B E It is Joe Beamer, it is Friday, It's 10.53, which means we're about 13 minutes away from everyone's favorite Friday song, or at least my favorite Friday song. We are talking about schools. Should they reopen? Should they remain closed? Should the school year be ended early if they do decide to remain closed? And the stresses for teachers, students, and parents for distance learning the Zoom classrooms, the Google classrooms, and whatnot. How has that been going for you? 803-0930-STAR-930. The Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board is open and active at 3930. One texter says, Highly doubt they will open schools. The world isn't going to end because the kids missed a couple months. Google Classroom is great. Also, it really isn't homeschooling, Joe. It's distance learning. Okay, so I apologize. Distance learning. I, I, my point was it, it, that Tony Norture Park was used to teaching students, but you're correct because the materials given out by teachers and explained by teachers in the Google classrooms, the Zoom meeting classrooms, whatever program the teachers are using again depending on your school district let's go to Lancaster and talk to Mary Mary good morning
3: oh good morning Good morning uh, Joe I was <clears throat> I was talking to uh, somebody from the school board yesterday uh, school district I'm sorry and um, I was uh, concerned about I'm concerned about this um, distance learning you know online learning I'm not anti-technology, but I, I'm with. The, I agree with the, some of the points that gentlemen made about uh, hope, like what the kids don't learn. They're not learning. Uh, everybody knows that over the summer, right? What is the first thing they say in the fall when the kids come back? They they didn't retain anything that they or you know they have to retain what retain what they lost <clears throat> over the summer. You know, like. Can they remember what you know what they learned and everything? But my concern about this um, online and uh, non, you know, like distance learning, is the the students themselves. Like he mentioned, the the personal touch, the teacher, you know, the person, student, pe- teacher. You have that, you know, uh, regimented. You know, like the, there's order in the classroom at least. You know, there's some order in the classroom where the kids, you know, get can get special attention. But if they're just doing something online or via, you know, video, who, let's just see. Like the, the kids' attention span, depending on the age of the child, their attention span. If they're expected to sit there in front of, you know, a TV or whatever or a screen and absorb this stuff, how are they retaining this? Like when they, you know, how are they going to be tested for what they what they learned?
1: Yeah. You know, Mary, that's a good point. And, you know, on social media, we have seen these videos where they'll zoom into a Zoom classroom or a Google classroom. And you've got one student whose camera is on them, but they're not paying attention to the class. They've got their Xbox in the background and they're, they're literally sitting there on the computer in the quote classroom. And instead, they're, they got their game controller in the other hand. Yeah. You know, uh, it's already difficult for some students in class to pay attention, to keep their concentration on the class. But when you're in your living room, the same room where you watch TV and play your video games, it's got to be extra difficult, uh, trying to,
3: I sympathize with the teachers because I mean, that's like trying to, you know, train a, train a puppy, <laughs> you know, like they like get distracted and everything else. But one, one thing I want to mention also before I get, get off, um, The gentleman mentioned about scholarships and stuff. I think that's a good thing because I I don't like these athletic scholarships. What I do wish they would go into and go more of give uh, scholarships to needy students, like give scholarships to medical school and give scholarships to vocational school where you know they can really learn, earn a living and do something and be helpful in society. Not these, these athletes, these million-dollar athletes. All they're doing is promoting themselves and maybe their sport. But the fact is that isn't educating the rest of the person. And I'd like to know where, what grade uh, point average those students had that got these so-called scholarships. You know, these athletes and what they went into after they, if, if they didn't get uh, signed by a, some sports team or something, what, what are those athletes doing? What kind of a, you know, career do they have?
1: All right, Mary, thank you for the call. Uh, I see what Mary's saying, but those athletics bring a lot of money to the school. As I mentioned, football pays for a lot of sports basketball with the TV contracts and the attendance in the postseason pays for a lot of sports that school is covering and also academics. And, you know, as someone who follows college sports pretty closely, most scholarship athletes who don't go on to professional sports either go into the field that they were studying or continue into grad school, you know, a lot of players, especially at Tech or uh, Syracuse, uh, Greg Paulus comes to mind. Greg Paulus was a scholarship athlete at Duke, went to Syracuse for grad school, played football there, played basketball at Duke, and is now the head coach of the Niagara Purple Eagles. So it worked out pretty well for him, and a lot of uh, a lot of other athletes. Brian Randall, who played for Virginia Tech, was a grad student his last year of eligibility at Virginia Tech. So I think you have a lot of athletes who, hey, they're not they, they were good enough to get to the school, they've helped out on a college team, they realized, "Hey, I'm not going to go pro," and they use that extra eligibility to go to grad school. Sorry Randy, I took a few seconds from your newscast. We're back after this.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours